Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope you're well. Happy Valentine's Day if you're celebrating and listening on the day this drops. I would tell you my plans for the day, but I honestly have no clue. I should probably figure that out. Today, we continue working our way through the Bibliotheca. We are starting book three today and a new branch of the mythological family tree. As a reminder, I'm working from the Fraser translation. Our poet begins by saying that he's gone over the family from Bellus down to the Heraclids, so now he will turn his attention to the house of Agenor. As a reminder, Libya had two sons after she was raped by Poseidon, Belus and Agenor. We've already covered Belus and his descendants, so now Agenor gets the same treatment. Agenor goes to Phoenicia, where he marries a woman named Telephassa. They have one daughter, Europa, and three sons named Cad- Cadmus, Phoenix, and Kilix. Well, unless Europa is really Phoenix's daughter. Whoever her father is, Zeus loves her, as much as Zeus can be said to love any woman, and this time his ruse is to transform himself into a bull, put Europa on his back, and then run through the sea to Crete, because bulls can swim, apparently. On Crete, Europa bears three of Zeus's sons, Minos, Sarpedon, and Radamanthus. Unless you ask Homer, in which case Sarpedon's mother is Laodamia, Bellerophon's daughter. Anyway, this story is about Europa. Agenor sends his sons in search of his daughter. Telephassa even joins in the search. When they are unable to find her, the sons decide not to return home and instead settle new regions throughout the Greek world, which of course includes modern-day Turkey at this time, and that's why various places have the names that they have that match the names of these sons. Meanwhile, back on Crete, Prince Asterius marries Europa and raises her children as his own. When the boys are grown, they get into a fight because they're both in love with a young man called Miletus, who just so happens to be the son of Apollo and a woman named Arya. Miletus likes Sarpedon better, so Minos declares war, leading everyone else to flee. Miletus goes to Caria, where he founds a city that he names after himself. Sarpedon finds himself with Uncle Kilix and joins in a war against the Lycians, leading him to become king of Lycia. Zeus grants him a long life. But maybe it isn't Miletus they're in love with. Some people say they're in love with Adam um, Atimnius, the son of Zeus and Cassiopeia. Who knows? As for Radamanthes, he flees to Boeotia and marries Alcmena. And after her death, he and Minos get to serve as sorry, after death, not after Alcmena's death, after Radamanthes' death. He and Minos get to serve as judges in the underworld. Pretty cushy job. Minos stays in Crete and marries Pasiphae, whose father just so happens to be the sun, as in Helios, the big god son, Helios. Well, except Asclepiades says that Minos's wife is Crete, but that's just him. Minos and Pasiphae have a whole slew of sons and a slew of daughters, and Minos has some illegitimate children, too. Asterius has no children of his own, so Minos thinks he should be the rightful heir, but not everyone on Crete is convinced. 
So Minos makes a sacrifice to Poseidon. He asks for a bull to appear from the sea, as sign that he should be king, and promises that if Poseidon comes through, he'll sacrifice that bull to Poseidon. Poseidon sends the bull, but Minos decides to keep that bull and sacrifice a different one instead. Poseidon notices and turns the bull that he sent savage. He also makes Pasiphae fall in love with it because she had... What did she have to do with Minos' actions? Nothing. She had nothing to do with any of this, but Poseidon punishes her anyway because he is terrible. Pasiphae, under this curse, must have the bull and hires Daedalus, who was living in Crete because he killed someone in Athens and was banished, to help her out. He builds a wooden cow that Pasiphae crawls inside, and that's how she and the bull... I'll let you fill in the blanks. Pasiphae has a son out of this encounter. His name is Asterius, but you probably know him better as the Minotaur, that creature with the head of a bull and the body of a man. Minos shuts him up in the labyrinth which Daedalus built. But that's where our poet will leave the story. He'll get to the rest of it when he gets to the story of Theseus, and that's also where the chapter ends. I have to wonder which came first, these myths about bulls and the island of Crete, or the ancient Minoan practice of bull leaping. I think I can find a publicly available image to drop into the blog in case you don't know what I'm talking about. Crete was the heart of Minoan culture, and they had a thing for bulls. And as you probably noticed, there are a lot of bulls in this chapter of the Bibliotheca. The famous stories of Crete begin with Zeus turning himself into a bull so that he can kidnap Europa. Then there's Minos and the bull he gets from Poseidon. That's the same bull that appears in the story of Heracles and the Cretan bull. That is the Cretan bull. And yes, we have Minos giving root to the name Minoans, King Minos. And of course, we have the Minotaur, also Minos Minotaur, right? But poor Pasiphae, she's just sitting there, daughter of Helios and Perseus. I forgot to mention her mother, a sea nymph. So Pasiphae is the daughter of the sun and the granddaughter of the sea. Anyway, she is not doing anything to anyone, so Poseidon takes out his wrath on her instead of on Minos. Or at least, that's the excuse our poet gives for her actions. As with all of our ancient myths, it all depends on who you ask. Anyway, we can very clearly see the relationship between the stories in today's chapter and the archaeological evidence of Minoan Crete, which doesn't always happen. We we frequently see archaeological evidence of places, and there definitely was a palace in Mycenae, for example. It's a very cool place if you ever get a chance to go. But as far as the mythology about Mycenae, there's not, not necessarily anything there that, that matches up as tidally as Minoan culture and the myths about Crete. Anyway, what do you think? Why bulls? <laughs> Why bulls? I, 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 maybe someone knows more about that and has studied that in depth. I would love to learn. Pop over to the blog and share. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. The link to my Patreon is there too, should you feel so inclined. 
In the next episode, we'll cover Seneca's Thyestes. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.